I thought they were going to make the guy with gout bring out his own table. <laughs> Scare me for a minute. Yeah, uh, I was out last week. Thanks, Chris, for sharing that. I, I was out. I had gout, but I'm feeling better now. I can move around. So praise Jesus. I'm excited to be with you guys uh, this morning. Uh, if I have a chance to meet you yet, my name is Andrew Crowell. I'm a student pastor. I have the privilege and honor of partnering with all of our parents and middle school and high school students. Um, so we're continuing our series today called No Matter What. And I want to start us off with a question, something just to, to think about. Um, have you had an experience, an experience where you knew God was calling you to do something, but it didn't come out the way that you thought it was going to come out, or the way that you planned, or the way that you thought? Or maybe for some of us, we, we, we heard God calling us to do something, uh, but we just, we didn't do it. When you answer this call of God, when we get excited, right, we get energized about all the possibilities of doing these fun things, about doing these good things to glorify God, to try to bring people into his kingdom, but sometimes things just don't turn out the way that we thought that they were going to turn out. Like, I've had this happen to me before, and so a couple weeks ago, we, we had a senior dinner um, honoring our, our graduating uh, seniors, and uh, I shared uh, a story uh, about this band I used to play in. I got a picture uh, up here for you guys. Oh, yeah. Woo! That's me on the bottom left right there. Circa like 2004, 2005. Yeah, so I played in this band, right? Like I thought God was calling me to the music scene, right? I loved music, right? So a guy blessed me with the ability to sing and play guitar. And so I thought, man, like God is going to use me to bring people into his kingdom and to serve him through music, I loved playing music. I loved hanging out with my guys, Gavin and, and Chris. Uh, man, we, we, we had a blast. We, we went on the road. We played some pretty big shows. Like, we were on the verge of getting signed, right? There was this label called Tooth and Nail Records that was actually looking at us. Uh, but uh, a few months before we were supposed to play the showcase show for them, we broke up. Uh, ironically, the name of the band was called Fallen Short. Uh, so <laughs> that, that worked out perfectly, right? Sometimes our heart is so willing to serve God and to do good, but our circumstances and our plans cause us to draw back or to limit our service. Or maybe we just sometimes we wait around until we get an ask. We feel like, man, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this, or man, maybe I should just wait until God like, actually makes an ask of me. And so where we're going today, and I want you guys to understand this, is you don't need permission to participate in God's mission. You do not need permission to participate in God's mission. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in Acts, Acts chapter 16. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, man, we would love to bless you with one on your way out today. Stop by the hub, and we would give you a, a Bible there uh, for you to have and read and be blessed by. So Acts chapter 16, we're going to spend some time here. Uh, today. So Paul and his buddies, Silas and Luke, they were deep um, in the Great Commission, right? So after Jesus' death and his resurrection, before he ascended back into heaven, he said, hey, go out, spread the good news. Disciples, making disciples, making disciples, making disciples of all nations, right? This is like the start of, of the, this new church, of this new Christianity movement, and so here, here's where we catch them here in Acts 16, uh, is where we start in verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Frugia. Everyone say that together. Frugia. 
Phrygia. You got to roll that Phrygia. All right. Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Musia, everyone say Musia. You guys are awesome. When they came to the border of Musia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. I love these first couple of verses because it seems like their plans and the Holy Spirit's plans are differing, right? Like, I feel that. I've had this play out so many times in my life where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go here, God. I'm going to go do this for you. And God's like, no, 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 hold up. I, I got other plans, right? Like, man, I, I was living life in Dallas, and God was like, hey, man, I'm moving you to Cincinnati. I'm like, huh? Like, what? But I'm glad he did. I love it. So many times we have this played out in our lives, right? God is calling us to do something and his plans are different than what we thought they were going to be. Let's keep reading Acts 16, 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul gets this vision of a man begging him to come to Macedonia, so they head out. They travel to Philippi, which is the main Roman city in that district. Oddly enough, like there was no synagogue in this city. And, and, and from what I read, what, what's really odd is as you enter this city, right, the city gates, the city arches, had these words inscribed on them that says it was illegal to bring any newfound religion. So anything that came into this city, any of this gospel movement or whatever, man, it was illegal. Maybe that's why Paul had this vision of a man begging him to come to the city. They needed someone to come and bring the gospel. So let's keep reading. We'll skip down to 13. It says, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Tithatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So we see them go outside of the city walls, right, which would make sense being that Christianity was this new religion and it was illegal. But here, this is where Paul meets the unexpected, right? He sees Lydia, a woman, leading a Bible study. When Paul was given this vision, I'm confident this is not what he was expecting, right? Like there's no synagogue, there's no influence in the city, there's a prohibition against any religion and a prayer at a riverbank. That does not seem like a prime spot to start a church. So Paul might be a little confused. But so often we only see things from our perspective. So often what we see is completely different from what God is trying to do or what God is wanting from us. There was this organization in, in Montana. They wanted to thin out the population uh, of wolves, and so they offered $5,000 for every wolf that was captured alive and brought in. These two boys, Sam and Jed, decided they were going to make some good money trapping wolves. They searched the mountains, they followed tracks, they set traps. This went on for several days, but no results. One night when they were sleeping, Sam woke up in the middle of the night and they were surrounded by all these wolves. Their eyes were red 
in the last flickering light of the campfire, their, their teeth were just growling bright white. They were ready to pounce. And Sam nudged Jed and said, wake up, Jed. We gonna be rich. I love that story because what you and I might see as dangerous or hostile may be an opportunity for the kingdom of God. What you or I sometimes might see as dangerous or hostile can be an opportunity that God is wanting to use us. Here's my problem though. Man, I am so quick to, to, to allow the circumstances of my life to define my level of service and commitment to God. If things get hard, man, I am so quick to bail. I'll look for a way to get out of my dedication. I'll look for a way out to get out of this situation or the task that I said I was going to do. I couldn't imagine if Paul had done that. If he shows up to Philippi, right, and it's not what he expected, He's like, well, this isn't a good place to start a church. I'm out. I don't know what would have happened. But Paul understood that service for God is always about our faithfulness to God, not the results. Service for God is always about our faithfulness to God, not the results. Write that down. Tweet that. Whatever you want to do. Make sure you remember that. The reason I want to bail on bad situations is because sometimes I just don't see the profitability of it. Such an approach says that God is only in the business of doing what is profitable, right? He's only, he only cares about the bottom line. It also means that God is limited in his power. What a weak view that I have of God sometimes. I don't know if you guys share that with me. We talk about building and growing the church, right, as if it's something that, that we can do. Right, that's only something God can do. God is the only one that's gonna build his church. God wants a relationship with you, and a part of that relationship is being committed and being dedicated and being faithful to what God is calling you to do. to being committed, to being dedicated, to being faithful to where God has you. You may be in a place like Paul, right? You look around things and you ask like, man, am, am I in the right place, God? Is this really where you want me? Am I doing what you want me to do? Man, I don't even like it here. I don't want to be at this job, man. My boss is terrible. Man, I, I don't want to be in this class. I hate my teachers, this friend group. Man, these friends are causing drama. God, like, I don't want to be here. Our circumstances can be so overwhelming. But friends, like, let's not be so quick to throw in the towel. And that's something I have to practice myself. As we're about to find out, just one convert can make all the difference. Just one can make all the difference. Paul's vision and call was not about these huge numbers. There was only one convert at first, this woman named Lydia, but the Lord used her greatly to aid Paul. We know very little about Lydia, but she was a businesswoman who made and sold expensive purple fabric. But she was also a worshiper of God, right? We found her leading this study at the riverbank. But she, she was a Gentile, right? She wasn't part of the Jewish 
religion, her exposure to this traditional synagogue within the Jewish faith would have been very limited. But here at a riverbank, she found a place to belong, to lead, and to grow. As Paul speaks, the Bible says that she listened and that she opened her heart. Here, the Greek word that they use for listen indicates like this growing process. So in other words, Lydia had, had been listening to those at the riverbrink and, and growing in her devotion to God. But that day, Paul led her just a little bit further down the road intellectually. She understood who God was and she dedicated her life to Jesus you see, Paul is at the right place. He may think he's at the wrong place, but Paul's in the right place. At Philippi, on a river brink, with a group of women. And Lydia is in the right place, listening to Paul. But in that moment, she believes the word that is heard. That is what it says that she opened up her heart to respond. She was taking the next step in her spiritual journey, and that step was trusting Christ as her risen Savior. Because of that, Lydia was actually the first European convert to Christianity. It's awesome. But Lydia just didn't open her heart. She opened her home. Given her business and the high price a purple cloth could get her, her home was probably one of the nicer ones in the area. But she willingly shared what she had, and she demonstrated the spiritual gift of hospitality. Well, Lydia was tenacious. She was a confident businesswoman. Paul and Silas encountered Lydia after this wild goose chase, right? The Holy Spirit led them all over the place, they shut him down where they wanted to go. They finally led him to Philippi. And Paul had this vision of a man calling him to Macedonia. So they obeyed in search of a man. But who they encountered was this tenacious businesswoman with an open heart ready to receive the gift of Jesus. And her willingness to surrender to Jesus empowered her to step into God's mission. Her willingness to surrender to Jesus empowered her to step into God's mission. Jesus' invitation was all the permission she needed to actively build the church in Philippi through her financial resources and her hospitality. Our faithfulness to Jesus is all the reason we need to go and act and do and present the gospel to people in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our homes, our sports teams, wherever. Faithfulness. What's awesome is later in the chapter, Paul and Silas continue their work of spreading the gospel, right? They cast out demons, they get arrested, they go to jail. God sends this, this, this thunderous bolt come down and breaks them free from prison. They don't escape right away because the prison guard was kind of afraid that he would be executed because he let these guys go. They, and they actually, they actually convert this prison guard, right? Like they minister to this guy, he becomes saved, Right? And, and then all these ups and downs, all this roller coaster, all this hard work that they go through, they're like, man, we need a break. Where do they go? They go back to Lydia's house. They remembered her faithfulness. They remembered that she opened her home, that she was hospitable. And they went back and they recovered and they recharged. Have you all heard the saying, a man's home is his castle? 
Unfortunately, like this is how we've begun to live our lives, right? We live in these gated communities, unlisted numbers. Y'all, we have ring doorbells, so when someone comes to our door, we can look at our phone and go, I'm not answering that, right? Like, I'm not saying that stuff is bad, but what we, we ignore our neighbors. We keep to ourselves at work. We, was, we stay within these comfortable, these cliques in our schools, right? We hoard our privacy. We exclude ourselves away. God did not design us to be like that. God did not design us to, to just hold on to being excluded away. God designed us to give, to be, to exist with other people. We are made for community. What's so awesome is just 25 verses ago, like, like there were no men, right? And it mentions that, the, that these brothers had come up into the church. They had come from Lydia and her evangelistic efforts. Her home was this statement of wealth and success, and then it became a mission outpost for some traveling missionaries. That is the church, y'all. That is the church. So what are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? Where you are right now is no, is no mistake. God has a place, has placed you specifically where he wants you. For those in the workplace, like God's got you there for a reason. What are you going to do with it? Maybe it's time you actually open up about your faith. Just start talking about it with your coworkers. It may be uncomfortable, but you know what? There's nothing comfortable in this thing. There's nothing comfortable in this thing. Get out of your comfort zone. Maybe start a Bible study during your lunch. I, I don't know. God has you there for a reason. Do something. Use it to your advantage. Use it to build the kingdom. Use it to build the church. For those of you, like, I know school just got out, man, but like, you're, you're, you have classes for a certain reason. You're in certain friend groups for a reason. You're in certain sports teams for a reason. Maybe it's time you start sharing your faith. Maybe it's time you start praying in front of people. Maybe it's time you start bringing people into church and helping them find the full life that Jesus wants for them. What are you waiting for, students? What about serving together as a family? Right, we have plenty of opportunities. We have these serve days. We have these mission trips for you as a family to get everyone together, including your young kids, and go out and do something to be the hands and feet of Jesus. What are you waiting for? What's your excuse? Maybe it's your homes. I don't know, like whatever situation you're in, right? Are, are you inviting your neighbors into your home? Are you having conversations with, with your neighbors? How can you take your giftings and your situations and be faithful to advancing the gospel? Y'all, it it's time for us to step up as Christians. It's time for us to just stop waiting on the sidelines. It's time for us to stop just coming here on Sundays and thinking everything is all good and we feel good and we got our Jesus on on Sundays, but then we go out into the real world and we act like God is not a part of our lives. 
And hear me say this, like I'm talking to y'all as much as I'm talking to myself. As I was writing this, the Holy Spirit was convicting me. Y'all, it is time for us to step up. This world is hurting. This world needs Jesus. God wants us to be faithful to go Remember our bottom line is you don't need permission to participate in God's kingdom. Stop waiting around for a sign. You want a sign? Here it is. Go. That's your sign. Just do it. All right? Nike. Let's go. God uses the unexpected to build his kingdom. Look, Paul may not have been expecting Lydia, yet she was the one God chose to usher in the fullness of God into Philippi. And Philippi was a gateway to Europe. One woman's yes, no matter what, to Jesus led to the first Christian church on the continent of Europe. I want to share with you a pretty cool piece of of White Oak history. In the 1800s, White Oak has been around this long. This is awesome. Like, White Oak's been around forever. Uh, we know two real big things happened in, in the 19s, the early 1900s, right? We had the World War I, and then in 1918, this pandemic hit. Based on a few records that, we, that we've had and that we've collected, we knew that, that White Oak and, and coal, the Coleraine area, uh, were extremely affected by this. Because of the war, because of the pandemic, we lost the pastor, and then the church began to lose members. With the loss of the pastor and war and illness, like the church pretty much closed up. But what we do know is in 1919, a traveling pastor stopped by to check in on church buildings. And when he approached White Oak, he saw that there was no activity. There was no pastor. The church looked a little bit run down. But here's what he found. He went down to the basement And he saw a small woman's Bible study being led by what they call the faithful pearl guy. The pastor decided to stay on. His wife became the church secretary and the historian. So when we have all this stuff typed up and documented, it's so cool. I love history. I love hearing about the history of White Oak. But Pearl Guy was simply leading a small group of women Unknowingly, she preserved this remnant that led to our next revival. Because of her faithfulness, because she said yes no matter what, White Oak is around today helping people find full life in Jesus. John 15, 16 says this. This is God saying, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So how are we doing it being the church? Gut check time, folks. How are we doing it being the church? Is your home a secluded fortress or is it a haven for hurting souls? Is your, how's your character at, or your attitude at work, at school, on your sports teams, in your friend groups? Are you using your gifts and your abilities to do what you can with where you're at? 
Are you listening in such a way that you're taking these next steps in your own spiritual journey? I know for some of y'all, like, it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to take that next step in your faith journey. For some of y'all, maybe it's time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe it's time to accept him and bring him into your life so he can start doing that work in and around you. Maybe it's time to get baptized. You guys have been thinking about it for a while. And man, like that step is obedience. And God is asking us to be obedient. Maybe it's to serve. Get in, be the hands and feet of Jesus. What is that next step in your spiritual journey? Are you letting circumstances determine your devotion? Or are you nurturing a heavenly perspective? Are you willing to open your heart and be all that you have to be a servant of God? Paul did. Lydia did. Faithful Pearl Guy did. Will you? We have a song, one more song that we're going to play here after, after communion. And y'all, if there's something that, that you need prayer for, if, there's, if the Holy Spirit is stirring up inside of you, if there's some next steps that you need to take in your spiritual journey, if you just need some prayer or someone to talk to, we're going to have a team up front. After communion and during that last song, I ask, man, just to come up. Man, we would love to pray for you and, and help you um, navigate those next steps. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that we have an example in the Bible uh, of just how we're, we're supposed to go, how we're supposed to live, Father. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, God, I pray for everyone in this room, myself included, Father, that we can get uncomfortable. We can get out of our bubble. We can get out of our comfort zones. We can go do the things that you want us to do so that you can build the church. You want to use us, Father. So God, I pray for all of us in this room that we can go out. We can go out with open hands and open minds and serve you and love others and help people find the full life that you want them to have. God, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.